This is episode 75 of the Juice Box Podcast. Today the podcast is sponsored by Omnipod. You know Omnipod, come on. Tubal insulin pump, works like a charm, Arden wears it, you guys know. We'll talk about it more later. Hey listen, nothing you hear on the Juice Box Podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Especially later when we start talking about ignoring what your doctor says. That's horrible. Who would do that? Don't listen to me. This is just a podcast. Do what your doctor says. You understand what I'm saying, I think. I met Erin because she was a listener of the podcast who reached out to me personally, looking for some advice about how to speak with her doctor about wanting an insulin pump when she had been told she could not have one. This episode is really about advocating for yourself and how to do that, how to speak to people, the language to use, when to stick up for yourself, how to be confident. This is what this conversation's about. I think you're going to love it. This uh, episode, I think I'm going to call it endo around. I don't know. Maybe I will. Anyway, Aaron rocks. I love this episode. I think you might too. My name is Aaron Foster. I will be 25 on Saturday. And I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. Uh, it'll be three years in about two weeks. Okay. And how did we meet, Aaron? Tell the nice people. <laughs> so we met. Uh, I was trying to get an insulin pump. I had just switched insurances, started with a new endo and all that. And uh, when I first went to my appointment, I mentioned I wanted an insulin pump and a CGM. And he kind of brushed me off and um, said he had a high threshold for patients to get that kind of equipment and. I kind of just let him, you know, do what he said. He wasn't going to give me an insulin pump without knowing me better as a patient. And uh, I was so stressed about just getting my insulin prescription that I thought that was okay. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> but I left. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, so you're you're with this. Is this the endo you've had for the entire time you've been that you've had type one? No. Um, I switched insurances in December. I went on my husband's insurance and he has Kaiser. Okay. So I had to switch doctors. So, so this get, was the first time I had ever seen him. All right. You got a new guy. Okay. Yeah. So you come in, it's a pretty new, not your first appointment with him though? Uh, no, it was my first appointment. Oh with my him. gosh. Okay. All right. So then the bad timing of all this is, is that you were like, I'm getting an insulin pump right as your insurance changed and you had to switch endos. Yep. Okay. And That's exactly what happened. <laughs> so when, when you go in there, um, kind of describe to some, to try, try to describe, I guess, you knew, you knew what you wanted when you walked in, you were very sure about yourself, but then when the doctor told you, this isn't how I do it, did you just shut right down? Yeah, um, I definitely did. I had seen a, um, just a regular family doctor and he had gotten all of my prescriptions wrong, gave me the wrong insulin, gave me test strips to use, uh, once or twice a week where, <laughs> The details on my prescription. So I think I was so stressed about getting the right prescriptions that I thought that that's a battle for a different day. You know, I'll deal with it in my next appointment, which was at that time in May. Okay. <laughs> and so, and so not so much like out of character for you standing up for yourself or just, it just seemed like too much in one sitting. Uh, I think a little bit of both. I'm definitely more of an introvert. Uh, we had talked about that before on the phone. Um, I'm not a big on confrontation. So if I think I can solve it another way or even at a later date, I'd prefer to go that route than to be assertive about it. <laughs> so when the endo told you he had like a high threshold for who he gives the stuff to, did he give you more details than that? Did he say, here's what I need to see from you before I let you have this insulin pump? Or um, He didn't describe what he needed to see. He just said, I don't like to put this kind of technology in the hands of people who aren't going to use it correctly. And, uh, you know, that, that makes sense. But the fact that I was there, you know, I knew what I wanted. I had done the research, you know, to just not even give me the opportunity to prove to him that, you know, I am on this, quote, high threshold, which mm -hmm. to me doesn't make sense because I think an insulin pump and a CGM is supposed to give you better control. You shouldn't have to have the good control to get the technology that's going to give you better control. Well, especially since you've had type one for a number of years now, I mean, right. it's always been said to me that we hold back, you know, in the past, the idea was to hold back a pump until you kind of understood the nuts and bolts of diabetes mm -hmm. a little bit from giving mm -hmm. yourself injections and things like that, but you're well past that. Yeah. And so did it feel like did it feel like the doctor just asserting their power because they could? A little bit, yeah. Um, I mean, he, he was, I think he was a good doctor. He seemed knowledgeable. You know, we had a long talk about uh, 
how I manage my diabetes, but um, he definitely wasn't willing to work with me. Uh, he, he seemed like, you know, this is the authority that I have and you're the patient, I'm the doctor, I have, you know, more knowledge than you, and uh, which I don't think it's true, especially right. when it concerns type 1 diabetes. I'm sure I have way more knowledge than him about it. You would, you would imagine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> I would imagine. 24 so, seven. Yep. I think I know a little bit more than he does. <laughs> at, at the very least. Uh, yes. Okay. So, okay. So this is interesting because I believe this happens to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people go into the doctor's office with a clear idea of what they want. And then the doctor kind of puts a hand up and they very, you know, they very kind of understandably just say, well, okay, you know, if you think so, and then that becomes it. We It, it becomes a very doctors, the, the relationship between doctors and patients can be very parental and, mm-hmm. and you can, you can be made to feel like you're three looking up, you know, at a very tall person telling you what to do. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and that sucks. It really, it really does. So when you walk out of there, how does that leave you feeling? I was very disappointed because like you had mentioned before, I was kind of starting the process and um, of getting the pump and the CGM with my last doctor and to kind of start from the beginning and go to a new endo and him to tell me, no, we'll address it at your next appointment, which uh, at this point, this was, I think, mid-February. And so my next appointment was until, you know, three months later in mid-May. And that just seemed like a lifetime to me. Um, like you said, I had already, I've been diagnosed for three years and, uh, I just, I was over the injections. I, I was ready for the insulin pump. Yeah. Okay. So then at what point, so something must happen to you, like once you go home and and this is setting in with you because you reached out to me through an email and you, you were like, can I talk this through with you? I wanted like, you were looking for somebody to, to kind of, I, I felt like you were looking for somebody to stand behind you and be like, go back in there and make them give you the insulin pump and, and, and kind of support you in it. But, but what got you to the point where you would reach out like that? Were you just, were you lost as to what to do next? Or did it, you said you're introverted. So I, my wife is, uh, would describe herself as an introvert, but she has a job where she's out in front and talking all day long. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you would never make that assumption by seeing her in her life. But at the same time, like she'll describe that being like that is, is a little, um, draining. It, it, exactly. it, it yeah, really <laughs> takes it out of her to be pleasant. Yeah. Not that she doesn't want to be pleasant. It's hard to describe to people. You, you know what I mean? Oh, totally. It's you, you're drained, you know, speaking with other people or being in crowds or, you know, having to kind of have this front up the whole time. So, um, actually it was your, it was your podcast that got me really like, okay, I want the C gym and I want the insulin pump. Let's go. Um, I think I started listening to it, uh, maybe a couple days later and I kind of did the whole binging, you know, right, I listened right. to it at work and I binge listened to all of the episodes and, um, I was more interested in the insulin pump, but then after listening to your podcast, I knew I definitely wanted the CGM too. And I was a little weary of starting both at the same time. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that, that, that was kind of the turning point for me that I didn't want to wait until May to get this stuff started. Cause I didn't know how long the process was going to take. You know, I had to meet with pump companies and, um, get the things ordered, get my insurance figured out. So it, I mean, once I actually got to that point, it did take a couple of weeks to get everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so it's, int- it, it's, it's very interesting for me to hear you talk about it because I, I know myself and I know in that exact situation, if, if I was in that office and in, in the situation you were in, I would have, I'd like, I wouldn't have left. <laughs> I would have just been like, no, 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 you misunderstand. You're giving me an insulin pump today. I, I'm sorry. Did I pose that as a question? That's my mistake. I, you know, and, and so when you and I spoke, cause we spoke privately by phone and what I said to you was like, here's, here's kind of what I think you might want to try and then get back to me and let me know how it went. And then let's have you on the pod, oh, excuse me, let's have you on the podcast so that you can tell people this is where I started, this is what I did, and this is how it ended. So when you go, after you spoke to me and you went back to the doctor, what was your new tactic when you spoke to him? Uh, so actually, I ended up getting my prescription through a different endo. <laughs> nice. You um, end around him. You just... Yeah, I just said, uh, smell you later. You know, I want to... <laughs> I, I want to go to someone who's going to be more understanding because if this is how he's going to be, I don't want him to be my doctor for, mm-hmm. you know, an extended period of time and you know, there were more endos available. So I was actually in contact with um, someone from Tandem at the time because I, I, I spoke with you. I originally wanted the Omnipod. You know, I wore the uh, sample pod for a couple of days and was really pumped about that. Uh, no pun intended. <laughs> but um, 
uh, I found out through Omnipod, actually, a great representative who was actually a type 1 diabetic called me and told me, uh, I'd love to help you, but Kaiser does not cover Omnipod. So your, um, your insurance wouldn't help you get an Omnipod? No. I mean, I th- he said you can, you can fight for it, uh, but I didn't want to extend the process even more than it, it was going right. to be. And I was also interested in the T-Slim, um, which is what I ended up getting. Okay. So it wasn't... You know, so they told me I could get uh, Animus, Medtronic, or Tandem. And so then when I was talking to the Tandem rep, she said, oh, that, I won't say his name, but that particular doctor at Kaiser will only uh, prescribe Medtronic pumps. He will not prescribe any other pump. So not only was he not (laughs) wanting to give me a pump, but if I ended up, you know, quote unquote, convincing him, I wasn't even going to get the pump that I wanted. Did you mention at that time that you were thinking about Omnipod? Uh, no, no, not at that point. No, okay. I don't think I uh, had done my research yet about all the different kinds. I mean, I knew, I think the Omnipod was the only one I knew specifically because uh, um, just because it's so cool, it's tubeless and all that. Yeah. Um, so then I started doing research on other ones and uh, that's when I became nice. interested in the T-Slim. So, so okay, so now, uh, to go just backwards a little bit, did you fire the endo or did you just never go back? Uh, so I actually uh, called and, and with Kaiser, it's, kind of a pain because you go through a call center. I'm not actually speaking with someone, you know, in his office, so okay. they don't know. So I called and made an appointment and uh, said, I really need to get in and see him. Um, I, we were talking about getting me an insulin pump. You know, she doesn't, she doesn't know. Right, right. <laughs> um, got an appointment for the following week. And then I get a call just a couple of days later saying my appointment's canceled. And it's just an automated, your appointment's canceled, call to reschedule. Yeah. <laughs> so that I called the reschedule and then they said, uh, oh, we can't get you in until May. Again. So you think once the doctor saw, oh, this person's coming back to bang on my head more about this insulin pump, they just canceled your appointment? I That's my conspiracy theory. Uh, my husband thinks I'm crazy, but that's really what I think happened. And he, when we were email, I was emailing with him a little bit and he said, well, you need to go get your blood work done because you haven't gotten blood work done with Kaiser. So I went and got my blood work done, uh, got my A1C and you know all that. And two days later, my appointment was canceled. Interesting. Okay. Uh-huh. So, so you find a new endocrinologist who is, when you, when you say, I want an insulin pump to this next doctor, what happened then? Did he just, did this doctor just say, okay, that's fine? Yeah, basically I uh, walked in so that I was recommended to this. Uh, she was actually a nurse practitioner that worked in the endocrinology department. Okay. Um, I was recommended to her from someone from Tandem saying, oh, I work with her all the time. And I actually drove uh, 45 miles. And I don't know if you're familiar with Southern California, but I drove 45 miles down the 91 freeway <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> to, go, <laughs> to go see this endocrinologist. Let's take a detour for a second. So for people who um, don't speak to people from California ever, when people from California tell you about where they live, they use roads and landmarks that you don't know about to describe. I was on the 91 for 45 miles. It's on this corner by the, and then they'll name some record store, like it's something you would know about. Uh, Why does that happen in California? Do you have any idea why you guys do that? Because it's a pretty widespread is it? Yeah, yeah it really I, is. <laughs> we're, we're looking for sympathy because we have that, uh, you know, fantastic traffic. So for me going, I live in the Inland Empire, um, which is, I don't know. I, I don't know how to describe it to someone who is not from California. But we're, we're you know, kind of in the middle of L.A. and Palm Springs is how I would describe and it. going 45 miles there, how long did that take? Uh, well, on the way there was great. I was there in like 24. Five minutes, 25, right. 30 minutes. But on the way back, it took me uh, two hours. Yeah. I think that, that's the part people can't understand unless you've yeah. been there. Yeah. And, and some of the highways are, I, you know, I've driven in New Jersey in the heart of Manhattan, like up and down the East Coast. And the first time I drove in L.A., I thought to myself, I'm like, I can't even tell how many lanes wide this this no. highway is. Like, is it six? You, yeah. You, you know, like, it looks like it's animated almost. Like, it shouldn't be that big, you know? And still you get stuck in traffic forever. Okay, so speaking of being stuck in traffic, you get stuck in traffic with your first endo. But then we move to the next one who was just like, bang, bang, sure, take your insulin pump. Did they give you a Dexcom CGM at the same time? Yes, yeah. So I basically walked in and said, I want an insulin pump and a CGM. And she said, great, let's hook you up. And, and, uh, that see that's that I think is really interesting for people to hear because I think so often when you get medical advice, whatever is said to you, you believe and you know with good reason, right? You know, but at the same time, someone says, "Oh no, we don't give insulin pumps until you've gone through a vigorous process," and then you go home and think that's the that's the world 
rule on insulin pumps. Right. You know, or, or people say to you, oh, we would never give you an insulin pump and a glucose monitor at the same time. It's way too much to understand. Your your fragile mind would fall apart. <laughs> so tell me, did you fall apart? No. Um, so I started them a week apart. Uh, I left the office with my, um, I got the Dexcom G5 because I wanted my husband to have access to the mobile app. Mm-hmm. Um, and she did say, because I'd never been on an insulin pump before, she wanted me to meet with at least two different pump companies, you know, to see how they both worked, which that's fine. You okay. know, that's great. Yeah, sure. You know, knowledge is power. So I did meet with someone from Animus and I met with someone from Tandem. I uh, got my insulin pump ordered and I started the Dexcom. Uh, it's been about three weeks now. And I started my insulin pump about a week ago because I had to schedule my training. But uh, no, I did not fall apart. It was just it was just so exciting to have both of them. You know, and, to, and if anything, it's probably better to start them both at the same time because then you're on the learning curve at one time instead of, you know, two different times. Right, right. Instead of tearing, instead of instead of imagining this learning curve that's going to knock you over, which obviously it didn't. At least if you have that anxiety, it's you're having – I mean, how much could you have? It's one thing or it's two things. At, le- at least you're living through it at the same time. Better than to have that anxiety and then live through it again three months later or something like that. So um, how would you say – Are you, so you're pretty new to the whole thing. So are you using the glucose monitor right now more as like for its alarms or are you starting to make dosing decisions based on some of the feedback you're getting? Oh, I, I totally make dosing decisions i know they say you're not supposed to but i I make sure to calibrate it twice a day and all that um i'm so yeah i'm definitely making dosing decisions unless like for example the other night i was uh making dinner and my cgm or my app was saying that i was low you know it was so low that i wasn't even even on the graph anymore and i said i do not feel that low so i checked my blood sugar and i was 117 so you just you just i mean even though it's great technology but you still need to be aware of your own body and how you feel you can't just you know, and same with, I mean, with a meter, I've had my meter tell me something that I don't feel. So I check on another meter. It's more accurate to, you know, how I think my body is at that moment. Yeah. Stuff, so. yeah the stuff doesn't work perfectly all the time. Like that, I think with the glucose monitors, a lot of people talk about uh, compression. Like if you're compressing the sensor too much, it can, it can read a false low or mm-hmm. something like that. So you double check with your meter and you're back on your way again. And right. but, okay. So that, that's really cool. But I want to talk, so I want to talk a little more about, because, because I want to under I want to know like from for for the the purposes of the conversation the advice I gave you when I thought you were going back to the initial doctor mm-hmm. was it more aggressive than you think you could have done No, I think I could have done it. I think I would have probably been a ball of anxiety <laughs> to make it leading up. up leading up to the appointment and mm-hmm. I probably would be practicing speeches in my head which I was doing because I had an appointment with him and I was planning on, you know, taking your advice and uh, not walking out without, you know, my prescription. And you told me a funny story when we were on the phone together about um, how Arden's pump was failing, I think, at school. And you went to pick her up because you needed to replace her pump. And they wanted her to go see the nurse first or something because it was, quote unquote, you know, protocol. Yeah. And you told them no. <laughs> I've had I've had a couple of things happen at the school over the last couple of weeks. I think I'm not allowed in anymore. There might be a... There might be there might be signs hung up with my picture on it. And actually, the one thing is about her 504 plan and about standardized testing. But I'm I think I'm going to tell that story tomorrow. I'm interviewing somebody. We're actually going to talk about 504 plans, and I mm-hmm. think it, it fits better there. But but the story I told you about was just very simple. Arden was uh, she was in the middle of a half day, so they did. They, she was done at like 12:30 anyway, and so the it, it was one of those front loaded days where the last part of her day was going to be. Um, I think it was like. Lunch and then gym was the last two things she was going to do, and then she was leaving. And so just prior to lunch, I had recognized that this the, the insulin pump was sort of at the end of its – it was at the end of its 72 hours. I could see her blood sugar drifting up. We were bolusing, and I couldn't affect the blood sugar anymore. And I said to myself, all right, this pump needs to go. It's time to switch it. Mm-hmm. And in, in, a, in a full day situation, I would have just gone to the school and – you know, and we would have we we do it the the nurse's office together real quickly, and we bolus, and she's back out the door again, and I go right home. But I figured because I can't I can't it's too late to switch the pump and affect her blood sugar for this meal, mm-hmm. so let's just get her home. We'll change it at home, and then we'll go get lunch and everything. And so I just walked into the office and I said to the woman at the front, she was a lovely woman. I said, uh, you know, I'm going to take my daughter out a little earlier today. I'm sorry I didn't have any you know, prior knowledge, because that's really why I even explained myself at all, because they really like you to tell them ahead of time if you're going to take the kids out. 
Right. You know, so I was like, listen, the reason I'm taking her out is because her, her insulin pump needs to be changed and her blood sugar is getting a little high. And, you know, by the time we get it handled, it's just gym and lunch. And she was like, oh, okay, well, I'll call her and then I'll have her go to the nurse. And I was like, no, no, it's okay. Just thank you. But have her just come to the office. By the way, I've already texted her. She's already packing up. Like, you know, like just have her come to the office and we're going to go home. And she looks at me and she goes, well, I'd like to have her go to the nurse. And I said, well, I don't want her to go to the nurse. She doesn't, she, she doesn't, <laughs> she doesn't need to go to the nurse. And I'm sorry. And so then I could really see her get uptight for a second. But I could tell she wasn't mad at me. She was just, she felt like there was something she needed to be doing that she wasn't accomplishing. Mm-hmm. And so she pushed back. And I said to her, and, and I think this is where most people would have just thought like, you know what, just let her go to the nurse and then I'll take her home and, and blah, blah, blah. But, but I looked down at the sign out sheet and, you know, whatever the, the kid's name at, above Arden's name was on the, on the sign out sheet, I said, you know, did you ask this girl here? And I said the girl's name out loud. I said, did you ask this girl's mother why she was leaving early? And she said, what? And I said, this girl's mother, why, why did she take her out of school? Did she need to go to the nurse first? You know, was there anything else you should have been doing with her before she left? Why, why, why are you asking me what my kid? I said, listen, I, I need you to understand something. If, if my daughter is at school and she needs the intervention of the nurse, I would very much like her to have it. Just no differently than if she falls and breaks her arm or gets a 103 fever out of nowhere, I want you to send her right to the nurse. But in this moment, she does not need to go to the nurse. And this is none of your business. It's not the nurse's business. It's not your business. It's no one's business. So I want you to have my daughter come to the office where I am now going to take her home. And she understood me and believed me. And I feel like she wanted to do it, but she couldn't make herself. Like she felt like it was her job. So she went and got the principal. Oh, wow. And of course he came out and I explained it to him very simply. And he said, that's fine. There's no problem. And and that was sort of the end of it. But then I was stuck standing in the office for a second <laughs> with this lovely woman when we're just across this little thing. And she looked at me and she kind of very quietly said, hey, you know, listen, I was just doing my job here. Like, I don't, you know, you know, the, like no hard feelings. And I said, no, I said, uh, she said, I was just doing what I had to do. And I looked back at her. And I said, I hope you understand that I was just doing what I had to do. And, and that was sort of the end of it. And we're fine now. Like we see each other and we're on fine terms and and everything else. Um, but. I, I don't know if I'm getting older and I just don't have the, I, I don't have the, the fuse for it anymore, but I, there was, I was just like, oh, I asked you twice, like, just leave, <laughs> leave me alone. And I know that, that partly what I said to you about going back to the doctor was just tell them, look, you know, I know we talked about like negotiating and I have a very firm belief in when you're negotiating for something, I think a demand is made and then the next person to speak loses. Right. Like that, that's sort of it. Like you don't, you know, you don't say I want to go to a, an Italian restaurant to your husband. And then when he, cause when he answers, he's going to say, okay, he might say, I don't want to, but if you don't respond back, he's still stuck in that like uncomfortable, like my God, Aaron's not speaking. I told her I don't want Italian and she isn't saying anything. He will eventually break down. And I think in a negotiation, if you're comfortable being quiet, and letting it play out, then normally what happens when the next person speaks is they make a concession. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, and, and I, and I talked to you a lot about like language and, you know, about not asking for permission, but being more direct and saying, I'm here to get a prescription for an insulin pump. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, stuff like that's important in life in general, but especially when it comes to your health. Um, y- you know, when I was diagnosed, I kind of, I was one of those people who self-diagnosed, uh, you know, I Googled all my symptoms. Mm-hmm. And I told my mom, I think I have type 1 diabetes. And she said, you don't have diabetes. But I did. <laughs> you have, <laughs> we don't have Yeah, we don't have any history of it. So, you know, we kind of had the same notion that a lot of people do, you know, which is type 2, not uh, type 1. Right. And um, so I went into my doctor's office um, and said, I think I have diabetes. Like, I, I, need, I need some tests. And he said, well, are you sure? What are your symptoms? Why do you think that? And I, you know, explained all of my symptoms, the thirst and... You know, I was getting like the crazy muscle cramps in my legs. I couldn't feel part of my legs. It was numb. Right. Um, lost 20 pounds, all that. And, uh, you know, pushed for the testing. And, you know, sure enough, my blood sugar was about 500, which uh, I thought was terrible. But now I hear other people's stories. And I, I think I got away kind of lucky. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at your picture. 20 pounds on your frame must have been a lot, right? It was. Yeah. And, I mean, it was kind of fun. Um, 
I'm supermodel thin. Yeah, I, I would weigh myself and be like, wow, I lost two more pounds. I'm going to eat another cupcake. <laughs> <laughs> I, I figured out the best diet. And I, I always tell my wife, that's how I know when I'm going out. Like, that's how I'll know when I'm going out. Like, you know, I'll just keep losing weight no matter what I eat. And then I'll be like, oh, I know this is the end. <laughs> so, but, you know, it just it, to go back for a second, I think yeah. like you being introverted and, and having and, and a lot of people not being interested in confrontation, mm-hmm. like for a person like me, I might just stand there arguing. You know, I might just say no and stand up for it because I don't feel it the way other people feel. But for people who would feel it differently, like my wife or like you, I think it's, I think the language is important. Like I, so I do want to go back to it for a second. Like you can, you can get into a position where you don't realize you're asking for permission just with the words you're using, you know, and sometimes just switching out a couple of words takes the, takes the tone of what you're saying from may I to I'm here to let you know that you're about to write me a prescription for something, (laughs) You, you know, and in a very nice way without being, without being too forceful because if you start forceful and you meet up with somebody like me, you're going to get resistance back. Right. And that's what I emailed you about. Originally, I was trying to balance the line of getting what I needed, but not being the patient from hell. You know, I don't want him to be like, Oh God, Aaron's coming in today (laughs) for the rest of your life. Every time you walked in, it's this one again. Yeah. yeah, That's what you need. Right. So I, I think that's there for people. And sometimes you just have to think it through a little bit and you'd be surprised if you, Sometimes if you write down what you're going to say in just a couple simple sentences, you can see how just a couple of modifying words changed. And the next thing you know, you're in the power position. Like, and, and it's, not, it's, not a, it's not a devious thing. It's a way of speaking to somebody that puts them in, a, in the position that they want to do what you're asking them to do. You, right. you know, it's not just about being confident or forceful or something like that. Yeah, I think I've heard the phrase um, that extroverts need to speak to think and introverts need to think to speak. <laughs> well, that makes sense because yeah. I genuinely don't. I, there's nothing going on in my head unless my mouth is moving. <laughs> I'm just like looking at a wall. <laughs> so Yeah, yeah. I, and when I was in school, I was the kid in you know the corner that uh, was never talking or raising their hand. <laughs> trying to work it all out. So I will tell you an embarrassing story since we're talking about stuff like this. So the okay. last week was Arden's first away game for softball for school. Mm-hmm. So I'm very accustomed to taking Arden to a softball game and managing diabetes. That's not a problem. I've never had her live a whole day at school and then not come home and, you know, not get her, like, her blood sugar rebound sort of after the school day, get right on a bus, drive somewhere else, and have to play a softball game. So I kind of had like this little bag of stuff for her to take with her, but I didn't want her to go to school and drag it around all day. And I wanted her to have a cool drink. And so I'm only across the street from the school. I'm a stay at home dad. If I can't do this, what's the point of me? Right. So I go over to the school at the end of the day to give her this bag, excuse me. And I was going to give it to her as she was kind of coming out for the bus or have her come out of the gym while they were getting dressed on the side door and give it to her. But I'm never at that school at that time of day. And let me just tell you, Aaron, buses and cars and people and children. It was, it was a mess. So I just pulled into the parking lot and tried to stay out of the way. And I sent Arden a text. Hey, I'm out here. I have your stuff. Can you come out the side door and grab it real quickly? The day is over. And so I get a text back from her that we're going to be on our way out and getting on the bus in a minute. Like I'll grab it then. So all the buses had left now and most of the parents were gone. And I left the parking lot and kind of went around the front of the building and parked on the curb on the part of the building where she'd be coming out. I was maybe like 50 or 100 feet behind the bus she was going to get on. She was going to have to pass right by me. So she comes out, walks over, sees me. She's very excited. Like I can tell she's played a million softball games, but she's never gotten on a bus before and driven to one. So I, I reached out. I gave her the bag. As she's walking away, I'm like... You know, I'm like, text me if you want to go. Like, you know, like, like yelling like nine different things at her. Like, there's a juice in there and a banana and text me if you feel low. I'm like, you know, it's all this stuff. Because I was letting her go by herself. I was purposefully not going with her so she could handle it by herself. Mm-hmm. And I'm very happy. I'm also on the phone. So I'm on my, um, you know, my, my car's, you know, speaker phone. And I'm talking to another mom who's probably listening to this right now. And we're talking about... Uh, some stuff that I went over with her for her little girl and how much better it was going. She was telling me about how her A1C went down and, and how the, her endo appointment went. And I was, it was sort of just like a follow-up phone call. She was just very excited to talk about it. We were talking. And so I start driving away. And as I kind of move off the curb and I'm about to go around the bus that the softball girls are getting on, 
I recognize that down at the other end of the building, there's still like 40 kids standing on the curb waiting for something. And I stopped and I thought, oh, I can't, I don't want to just go driving past them. Like, you know, I, I, I think they don't want me in this lane. And as I was beginning to slow down to figure out what to do, this teacher comes running off the curb down by these kids. She's waving her hands over her head. She's out of her mind, waving. <laughs> All right, after this uh, short break, I'll finish telling you the story about the woman waving her hands and the inappropriate way I handled the rest of it, uh, although it is amusing. But for now, instead of talking about that, let us talk about the Omnipod tubeless insulin pump. Listen, weighs just 25 grams without a without any insulin in it, automatic insertion with just a push of the button, you never see a needle. Now, come on, right? You never see a needle. Strong adhesive, it's durable, waterproof. You can swim with it, you can bathe with it. You could uh, walk outside and get uh, open up a fire hydrant, stand in front of the fire hydrant. It would still be giving you insulin. It would be giving you insulin while you were playing soccer, softball, badminton, having the loving, if you know what I mean, like if you're an adult, right? Always getting your insulin when you need your insulin. You can't go wrong. MyOmnipod.com forward slash dental. Here's what you do. You either click on the link in the show notes or you go to that link that I just said. I'll say it again. MyOmnipod.com forward slash demo. And they're going to send you a free demo pod. I think we actually heard Erin talk about it earlier. She got the free demo pod. She loved the Omnipod. She wanted it. Okay, her insurance wouldn't get it for her and she didn't feel like fighting with them. But not the point. The point is... She tried on the demo pod. She did her due diligence. She figured out what she wanted. She took the time, and you should too. Whether you're trying to switch from MDI to a pump, or you're thinking maybe your tube pump isn't for you, give Omnipod a try. MyOmnipod.com forward slash demo with the links in the show notes, and you too could be using the same insulin pump as my daughter Arden. I still have a little music here, so let me just tell you the demo pod comes with no obligation whatsoever. You could just feel free to not be obligated. There's no obligation. Do you understand no obligation? And it's free? Come on now. Stop it. MyOmnipod.com forward slash demo. Try it today. You know, but I'm not even moving. Stop. Don't come this way. I can see her going nuts. So I stopped and I was like, okay, well, that's obviously not the way I'm going to go. I can't back up, but I realized I could just drive over like these like two feet of grass and be back in the parking lot. And then I could just drive away and not be near these kids, which this woman clearly did not want me anywhere near. And, you know, a little, I mean, it might sound weird driving over grass, but if you lived here, you'd know everyone drives over this grass. It's not like it's never been driven on before. It's, it might as well be paved. So I turned left. I went over this little bit of grass and I headed down the, the length of the school in the parking lot now. And I'm back on the phone talking to the person and, there's still cars, all the teachers' cars are parked, and I swear to you, out of nowhere, in the corner of my eye, I see this woman is charging at my moving car, still she's <laughs> waving her arms, and, and I looked over at her, and I'm like, oh man, she's pissed, like she's really, really angry, and and Aaron, there was this, like, it came into my head, like, you know, hey, I'm really sorry, I didn't realize I'm not usually here after school, um, my daughter was getting ready to get on the bus to go to those things. She's got diabetes. I was dropping her off supplies. Like everything I knew I needed to say to her to make her go, hey, you know, just don't drive in here. It's fine. It was all in my head. I was completely understanding of all that. I'm a rational person. I stopped my car. I put my window down and she just made this face, which I guess if I went to a therapist would tell me that it reminded me of my mom yelling at me. Oh, <laughs> and she makes this face and she starts talking and I said, my kid has diabetes. I just gave her food so she won't die on that bus. And I start <laughs> driving away again. And she goes, whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. And so I stopped and I turned back to her and she just put her finger out at me. And I thought, you know, I'm 45 years old. Like, am I about to get scolded in a parking lot? Like, I already know what I, you know, quote unquote, did wrong. I'm, I'm past it already. And like one word got halfway out of her mouth. And I hit the auto up switch on my, <laughs> my on my window, and it went up in her face. And I smiled at her and drove away. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so, so I get home and I'm like, oh crap, I can't just leave it like that, you know. <laughs> so I called over to the principal. I got oh, him on the phone oh. and I said, listen, in a minute, the woman who you have out front with the kids who are left over waiting for their late buses. He's like, yeah. I said. She's going to come in complaining about a really, you know, just horrible parent in the parking lot. And he goes, right? I said, that's going to be me. Me. <laughs> <laughs> 
and we talked for a couple of minutes and he's like, no problem. You know, don't worry about it. You know, blah, blah. And I just told the guy, I was like, I don't know. It's like, there was something in me that just went, I'm not going to allow myself to be yelled at right now. And I don't need to. I actually, I felt my subconscious say to me, she's not a cop. You don't have to stay here. (laughs) I just drove away. Um, Somewhere well, I, in I, that. I like your comment. Uh, my daughter has diabetes. I just gave her food. <laughs> I just gave her the stuff so, so she, she doesn't die. die on that bus. And then I was like, I'm done. And, and, <laughs> and trust me, everything I did was wrong. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, everything <laughs> I did was wrong. But there's something about being able to, to advocate for yourself, even in a moment when maybe advocating for yourself is not politically correct or socially acceptable. Like, I think whatever that gear in me is, I think we could all benefit from having a little bit of it, yeah. you, you know, because you do really get in these situations where doctors will push you around and it's hard to push back because you've been, you've been trained since you're little to listen to them. Right. Mm. So yeah, that's, that's what I would call playing the uh, quote unquote diabetes card. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that to be perfectly honest with you, 15 years ago, the way I grew up, I would have just cursed at her and drove away, but I, I'm much more mature now. <laughs> so and by the way the poor lady if she ever hears this she didn't do a thing wrong in the whole world there was just something about her body language that made me feel like oh my god like i don't want to be yelled at you you (laughs) know like i can't even explain it another way i just did not want to have that happen to me well the fact that you described her as like charging at you she was charging (laughs) she was waving her arms (laughs) she looked i wasn't scared i was annoyed but (laughs) see i would have been scared (laughs) um well, that's okay. So, so tell me something. So what's the, how's it been moving from shots to a pump? What do you find yourself doing differently? What are the benefits that you found so far and how is it helping you? Uh, so my best example of how great it's been is, uh, I think my, my basal rate's perfect, you know, that they got, when I did my pump training, they got me on the perfect basal rate, but I'm kind of adjusting to the carb to insulin ratio. Okay. Um, because I think I did more of like staring at a plate of food and saying, yep, that's, that is six units of insulin right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, less than carb counting, right, <laughs> carb yeah. guessing, I guess you could say. Oh, please. Um, so my basal rate's been great. So an example was I have my high threshold on my CGM alarm at 140. Oh. And uh, in the middle of the night, I think it was like two in the morning or something, my alarm went off and told me I was uh, 140 and, you know, trending steady. <clears throat> and uh, if that had been a time when I was on shots, I would have just gone back to sleep. It wasn't worth it to you know, get my shit, eat my needles out and wake my husband up and give myself a shot. And also since, you know, the pins, you can only do whole units, one unit of insulin at 140 would have dropped me down. So there was really nothing at that point I could do, but I could take out my pump and type in what my blood sugar was. And it gave me the right amount of insulin. I went right back to sleep and I woke up and I think I was like 98 or something like that. And that was just, that was a couple nights ago. And that was just mind boggling to me that it could be that easy when before was you know, I would have just been sleeping at 140 and probably rising all night. Yeah, yeah, and fi- fine adjustments are so much simpler and and more complex meals are 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 easier to handle. And and you know, missing on your carb guessing or your carb counting is a huge deal too, because now all of a sudden, you know, if you say to yourself, "I think it's you know, I think this is 10 units, but I'm going to be safe and maybe I'm going to try eight because maybe 10 is too much," and then a half an hour later, you see your blood sugar going up, you can think, "Well, maybe 10 was right," and give yourself the next two. Right. And, you know, and, and in the past, what you do is you would then stare at your blood sugar and test yourself or watch your glucose monitor rise and rise. And, you, you know, and, and because it's hard to, especially when you talk to kids, it's interesting to hear an adult say it because when you talk to parents, what you hear is, well, I didn't want to give him two shots in an hour, you, you know, but that's how a lot of people feel. You, you know, yeah. a lot of people aren't looking to give themselves multiple injections within an hour. Um and and it really does alleviate that. And and plus, being able to that right now you have your basal rate good, but it, you know you can also manipulate it. You know you could yeah, you know come uh, up, come down with a head cold and cut it back by thirty percent for a couple of hours or you know whatever it ends up being. Yeah, I think that's the one thing I haven't played with too much are the um, temp basals. I haven't really needed it. You know, mm-hmm. I've only been on the pump for it's been a week uh, right. yesterday. So. Uh, that's the, I think that's the one thing I'm going to need to read up on and figure out, but uh, I'm, I'm sure it'll be very useful once yeah. I get the hang of it. I, I find it to be, especially in situations like when Arden's sleeping, if you know her blood sugar dips to, I don't know, say it's 70 at night, and I'm thinking, all right, I need it to be higher than that. 
instead of waking her up or giving her carbs, sometimes you can just restrict, you know, with her, she, she weighs 76 pounds. If I just shut her, her basal rate off or, or restrict it by like half for just 30 minutes, then she'll rise up like 10 or 15 points. Yeah. And then, um, you know, oh, go ahead. but, but yeah, it's just, it's just insanely valuable. And once you get involved in that, you'll, you'll see like that there's another level there. Yeah. And being on, I mean, I was, I think when I, was trying to get the prescriptions. I was more excited for the pump than the CGM. But now that I have them both, uh, I don't think I could ever not have a CGM. It is, it is the greatest. I, I love it so much. I mean, the pump's great, but um, I'm adjusting to the tube. <laughs> I, I'm constantly getting it tangled, like in my headphones. Or mm-hmm. uh, yesterday, I got stuck on my desk drawer, and uh, you know, it's great technology, but it it's, it it, it kind of limits you a little bit um, sometimes. Yeah, my only. I could have gotten the Omnipod. <laughs> yeah, and that's well. Maybe your insurance will change again, and, and you will be able to. But I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I you know, listen. My only personal experience with that is, um, I now have a pair of. You know, I really am. I'm by myself in my house. My life is so sad. If you saw me vacuuming and cleaning <laughs> and mopping floors and doing laundry, um, but I, a lot of my morning is spent in the kitchen, like cleaning up from the night before and and like that sort of thing. And I now own a pair of Bluetooth headphones because I like to listen to like talk radio or podcasts or stuff like that while I'm doing stuff like that with headphones on. And to get like the cord from your headphones caught on like a cabinet drawer over and over and over again until it just pops out or the or your iPhone comes like falling like flying out of your pocket because it gets yanked the other way. I, I usually have a, although the, the story at school aside, I usually have a fairly good temper, <laughs> but you know, there's no reason to be angry while you're by yourself in your house. But when that headphone cord comes out, I, I just, I'm like, Oh, <laughs> I can't imagine. That, that can hurt. <laughs> I've had that happen before too. That can hurt. <laughs> right, right. And I can't imagine if it was like, your, if it was happening with my insulin pump or if oh. yanked my infusion set out, I think I would just be mental from it. So. Oh yeah. The um, other day I was- I was eating lunch in my car and I had, you know, bowls for my lunch. And so my pump was just sitting in my lap and I kind of forgot because I was sitting in my car for, you know, 45 minutes or whatever. And when I got out to go back into my office, my pump kind of fell and was like dangling over the pavement. I could feel it, you know, pulling at my skin. And I was like, oh, but (laughs) could you (laughs) decide which which were you more worried about your your infusion set pulling out of the pump hitting the ground? Uh, at that point, the <laughs> it wasn't that far off the ground. I mean, if it fell, I think it would have been fine. It's got a case on it, but, uh, you know, I could just feel it like pulling at my stomach a little bit and it mm-hmm. scared me. <laughs> yeah, no, I understand. Hey, listen, you said there was no other type one diabetes in your family, but are there other endocrine issues? Uh, not that I know of. No, oh, I'm, uh, one the, in a million, I guess. You're just the lucky lottery winner. Uh, I'm the lucky one. <laughs> yeah. Um, how, so you're, you're in your twenties and you're, you, you, recently married yeah we uh got married in september so it's been about seven months okay so he knows so so your husband obviously knew you had type one before he married you do you does your diabetes affect your plans or how does it affect your plans for maybe having children one day um it's definitely been a topic of discussion i mean we were dating we had been together for almost three years when i was diagnosed so he kind of you know went through the whole journey with me um and, you know, it was always a topic of conversation. And I told him before we try to have a baby, I wanted to have the CGM and the pump because I want, you know, the best equipment that will keep me the healthiest I can be for mm-hmm. the baby. Um, so we're, we're talking in a couple of years, but, um, you know, we know it's going to be a challenge, you know, health wise. Yeah. <laughs> you no, know, you're, autom- you're automatically in the high risk category once, you know, once a type one diabetic gets pregnant, you're automatically high risk. And I, and I want twins, so <laughs> I'll be double high risk. You want twins? <laughs> yeah, my uh, I've got twins that run on my mom's side of the family. My grandma's a twin. Um, one of my mom's aunts is a twin. So I want twins so I could have my two kids, one pregnancy, and be done. And be all finished. Here they <laughs> yeah. are. I'm finished. So I'm going to take care of these kids. <laughs> so, well, well, I, I, I spoke to Ginger um, Vieira one time about, and she talked a little bit about having a, you know, having a baby while she had type 1, and I... And I don't want to quote the wrong number, but I think an endo is going to tell you that they want your A1C at like six and steady while, yeah. while you're pregnant. And and some people talk about their insulin needs weren't as harsh when they had ba- when they were pregnant and things like that. But it's it's a as much of a full time job as it is now. It's it's even more so. You, you know, during the pregnancy, it's it's tough. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have a it's my husband's cousin's friend. 
who is a type one diabetic and we kind of connected once I was diagnosed and she just had her first baby. And, uh, she told me that her, uh, you know, insulin needs more than doubled in her last trimester of pregnancy. And that's just all of the sudden, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. And that's just terrifying <laughs> to think about, you know, cause you have to get to, it's not like you get a notice on your phone saying, Hey, your insulin rates are about to double. It's definitely going to be a, you know, trial and error thing. And, uh, trying to figure that out while trying to make sure that you're healthy so that your baby's healthy. Um, it stresses me out to think about. <laughs> yeah, not wanting to use too much insulin, especially while you're pregnant and, ha- right. and have yourself go the wrong way. Well, I can tell you this, that Arden grew, I wish I could look over and see where we just marked it off, but in a very short amount of time, weeks, she grew an awful inch in height and overnight was really a struggle. Like around three in the morning, I guess during that growing time, her her blood sugar was just rocketing. And, you know, when I went to her, her endo appointment... I went in and I was like, look, I know I say this all the time and it doesn't happen, but her, her A1C is going to go up. And, you know, I was like, I started talking about the growth and everything. And I think her last A1C was 6'2", and I was pretty sure it was going to be 6'7", or, you know, or higher. And she comes back in the office, the uh, the um, nurse practitioner, she's like, well, it went down. It's 6 exactly. <laughs> and, and and she's like, so how did you do that? How did, how did you know, you have to tell me how that happened. And, no idea. <laughs> and I and I had to really think about it because my my inclination, my day to day struggle inclination was that I was losing some sort of a battle. That's what it felt like. But mm. then I realized, I said to her finally, I was like, "Look, I I guess in the long and the short of it is, is the the diabetes was being aggressive with me, so I was aggressive back. You, you know, like I just yep. I didn't let it. I did I didn't go. Oh, she's high. I was just like no, and you know, and and, and pushed harder and used more. You know, like kind of temporary increased basils and things like that and, and bigger boluses. But I also didn't want to be – I don't like the idea of chasing the blood sugar with so much bolus. So then I made some adjustments to her basal rate. After I saw a trend, um, I, ch- I changed her basils and she looked the, – the nurse practitioner looked in the pump and she goes – she's like, wow, you really were aggressive. She's like, you changed your basal rates by 35%. Wow. And I was like, did I? <laughs> and she goes, yeah. She goes, don't you look at the math of it at all? I'm like, no, never. No, really. I was like, no. this isn't enough, more. That wasn't enough, more. More. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, oh, wait, it's working, done. You, you know, I was like, I don't mean to sound like a moron. I'm like, but it's pretty simple in my head. Like, you know, blood sugar's high, not enough insulin. And I would rather, yeah. and you want it to come from basal, not from, uh, not from boluses, you, you know, so... Anyway, I, I wish I could tell you I was proud walking out the door. I was just stunned. Yeah. And then and, and Arden mocked me in the hallway as we left. She's like, you <laughs> thought my A1C was going to go up. She's like, you're never right about that. I, was, <laughs> I said, yes, I know I'm never right. Because I always try to tell her, you know, like when I have that feeling, like I want her to be prepared for it. Like I don't want her to be shocked by it or stunned or have it feel like a failing or something like that. So I'm just like, look, hey, some stuff happened in the last couple of months. I bet you're a one. See what goes up. And now I real now it's just become a joke. Now we're in the car driving to the endo, and she's like, "Isn't it about time for you to tell me my a one C is going to go up?" And then it doesn't. And I was like, "Yeah, maybe." <laughs> so does Arden feel affected by um, you know like what her a one C is, or is it more of you taking on that kind of feeling? You like know, the pressure of keeping the number somewhere. Yeah, I mean she's twelve, right? You said she's she's just about to turn twelve this summer. About to turn twelve, yeah. So. Um, you know, does she see it more as uh, something you're supposed to be taking care of, or does she kind of take that to heart sometimes too? No, I don't think she thinks she's 12. I don't think she thinks about anything she's supposed to do, <laughs> honestly. You know, like I've been telling her to put her clothes away for four days. I don't even see that pressuring her, to be honest. But, but no, I think there was one time, and I've spoken about it on here before, but there was one time we were in the, in the endo's office. And, you know, we were struggling with those A1Cs, like in the eights, almost nine, you know, eight and a half, Mm -hmm. right around there. And she doesn't even remember saying it now. Like, we've talked about it since then, but we walked out and we were in the waiting room waiting to make another appointment. And she said, is there something I could be doing to make my A1C go down? And I said, you could stop eating Fruit Loops for breakfast. That (laughs) That would help because daddy has tried really hard, but, you know, is not very good at Fruit Loops. And this was prior to a glucose monitor. And so, um, cereal's and so, a hard one. Yeah, for sure. She just she stopped. She just doesn't eat cereal anymore, mm. unless she's. We have a little bit of, in a canister, 
And like, there'll be times where you'll see her face light up when, when she's really low. She'll be like, this is a perfect time for cereal, isn't it? I'm like, yes, it is. And, you I know, think we've it, all had those moments. <laughs> I'm slow. I can eat, you yeah. know, XYZ. <laughs> it's funny too. Like, it's funny how the, the, the words are, I, you know, you hear adults talk about having that feeling like you could eat the whole kitchen. Oh yeah. And, and Arden's never heard another person with diabetes use that phrase, but she uses it sometimes. I'm like, what do you want? She's like, everything in the kitchen. <laughs> I can't decide. Um, it's true. When you get those lows, sometimes you just, and, and that's, you know, when you go high, it's, if you can't stop because sometimes you can't. <laughs> well, that's when, you know, what I say to people all the time is, is that you'll know you're great at this. You'll know you're like a ninja when you're bolusing during a low. Like, like that's, that's when you'll know you're just like, wow, I have like, like steely eyed, like ice in my veins now because, because I've done it recently. Um, you know, Arden got low overnight. It was like two in the morning. We, it was like a, it was like a conglomeration. I know that's not a word, but so many different things that got squished together and messed us up at like two in the morning. She actually felt it before the Dexcom registered it, which doesn't ever happen. Like she's not a wake up for an sleep person, but she came in my room and she's like, something's wrong. And I was like, okay. So we kind of went back to her room real calmly and tested her. Her blood sugar was like, you know, 36. Oh, and the CGM said like 80, but then, you know, five seconds later it said 36 too. Like just, it was just like, oh wait, no, you're, you know, I'm just catching up. Yep. And so, um, you know, so she downs a juice really quickly, but I was thinking like, this isn't enough. So I was like, okay, just, I'm going to run downstairs and grab some food. And I came back with, you know, bananas and like a handful of dry cereal. And she just like, she ate everything. Mm -hmm. And then I saw, then it's amazing how you can use the CGM. It goes from two hours down to one hour down. So you say, okay, the fall is slowing. And then it goes diagonal down. And it goes up. (laughs) Well, and then you think, okay, that, that arrow is going to swing around. Now it's going to start going up, you know? So then it's, then being a caregiver is so much better than being a person with diabetes because then you can take the food away and say, okay, that's it. No more food. Yeah. I need but, someone to do that for me. Right. Sometime. Right. Right. Even <laughs> when she's still like, no man, I think you're wrong. Like, 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 <laughs> let's keep eating. And I'm like, nope. I'm like, if you just wait 10 minutes, like you're going to not be hungry anymore. Like, and I know it's hard, but I'll sit with you. We'll do other stuff, you know? And so when that arrow comes back level and it goes to diagonal up and it's just 64 diagonal up. That's when I counted my carbs and I was like, she just ate like 80 carbs and I, and I bolused for 60 of them. Yeah. And, and, and I was like, here we go. Because if not, then, you know, it's going it, to, it's likely her blood sugar is going to get very high after that. But at the same time, you can't just, you can't just bolus all that insulin and just like be like, oh, I'm going back to bed now. Like, good luck. You know, you, you, <laughs> you have to pay attention. And yeah. because what if it's one of those lows that just keeps you know, sometimes, sometimes they come like waves, you know, and they just, they, they won't stop. And it's like, you know, and so, you know, then I, I see her level off around 110. There's no better feeling than that to have somebody eat, to go from 30 (laughs) to 110 and you bolused and gave more sugar and carbs and you've been, and she ate all day prior to that, you know, like you kind of, I sit in my bed with my iPad, like, like quietly going like I'm winning, but am I winning? Cause it's three 30 in the morning and I'm sitting no. up looking at my, <laughs> looking at her blood sugar. No. Yeah. Uh, I remember a time at, at work, it was around uh, the holidays. I uh, felt super low. It was one of those ones where you're sweaty and clammy and shaky and mm-hmm. starving. And, uh, I, obviously this was pre, uh, CGM, um, check my blood sugar. I think I was in the forties, low forties. And uh, since it was Christmas, one of my coworkers was giving me like a little case of like almond roca. And I remember I went into the conference room, shut the door. I laid on the floor because I thought it was, I felt like I was going to pass out. And I ate the whole tin <laughs> of, of almond roca on the ground in my conference room. And uh, I can tell you for sure I didn't have a CGM, but I definitely swung back up after that. Yeah. Well, isn't it weird? And kind of uh, it's funny almost like the difference between being the caregiver of somebody and being a person with diabetes because I can I can stop I can say okay look all the food's going down no but at the same time if I'm wrong I'm still there to help it again but if you're 40 and an adult and by yourself in a conference room <laughs> the idea it, it must hit you right like if I don't keep eating and I pass out like I gotta get enough food in me to save me if I can't keep eating right now right. Like, does that feeling does that thought run through your head uh yeah I mean recently actually I was um I was at Disneyland with one of my coworkers. we had a work function there actually and um it was just me and her and it was after work was done so we were just kind of wandering around and I 
all of a sudden just felt super low. And she, I mean, she knew I had diabetes, but she's not, you know, she wouldn't know what to do if I passed out. Right. Um, and I checked my blood sugar and I think I was, you know, like 38 or 39 or something. And uh, the function we were at had free Disneyland food everywhere you turned around. Mm-hmm. And I, and it was one of those ones where I just felt like I could eat, you know, the whole kitchen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I got, uh, you know, a thing of popcorn. I got a churro. They had cookies sitting out and I ate all of it. I was so hungry, but I was also so terrified that if I couldn't get a handle on this low and I passed out, like I... I don't know what would happen, yeah. you know, because uh, a lot of times if I'm out and about, I'm with my husband, I'm with my mom, I'm with my best friend, and they would all know what to do, and you know that Somebody kind of situation. Somebody could have your back, yeah. Yeah, and she, and she wouldn't, and um, you know, I actually only after all that food, uh, I only went up to 180. So yeah. um, that was a whole thing of popcorn and a churro, and I think at least one cookie might have been two. I don't That's remember. Amazing. And, and um, I, because in the moment, <laughs> it's a medical concern, right? Like for right. your health and your safety. But I would imagine also, you don't want to be that girl that worked who passed out at the Disneyland thing either, right? Like, no. so you're trying to avoid. There's a lot, a lot of balls you're trying to keep up in the air there. All yep. of a sudden, yeah, yep, yeah, that's something. And by the way, people who live in California also can just get to go to Disneyland whenever they want to. Yeah, uh, yep, it's pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> I have a pass; I go all the time. See, the rest of you have to buy airline tickets and fly across the country and stay in expensive hotels. Erin just wanders to Disneyland and walks in whenever she wants to. Well, you know, I actually, I worked for Disney for five years, too, so I used to go a lot more than I do now. Erin <laughs> has a fancy life, everyone. That's what it we was. just realized. Yeah. No, I don't. I work for an IT consulting company now, so. <laughs> not, not as fancy? <laughs> no, uh, I, don't, I don't get the same kind of perks. Uh, at least someone can fix my computer if something happens. <laughs> well, you got to get some consulting at Disneyland, and then you'll Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what people don't realize... Aaron, because you live on the West Coast and I live on the East Coast, that you and you and I are doing this early in the morning for you. You you, you got on at six thirty to do this, so I really appreciate you taking the time out to yeah, of course. to do this. And and I hope it helps somebody else either change their language when they're when they're talking to the doctors, or to just kind of roll up the window in their face and drive. Away. <laughs> One of those things. I really. wish there was a recording of that. You know, is there are there security cameras at um the Oh, of me looking kids? mental driving away from the woman being like, I'm not talking <laughs> yeah. to you. Yep. I would love to see that. You could post it up on the blog. I'm sure it would be your most popular post. <laughs> oh my god. Can I tell you that my most popular post is just a picture of me looking tired? Which is a when you put so much effort into things you put on the internet and then you're just like, Hey, look at this photo of me being tired and it's just the most popular thing you've ever put online, you think, Why am I trying so hard? <laughs> I'm putting so much effort into this. I could just here's a picture of me looking exhausted with some arrows yeah. pointing to the bags under my eyes. And then you post something you think is really beneficial or great, and you get like there's like, no response <laughs> to it whatsoever, and you just think. And trust me, that's happened. And and I've talked about this before. Like I allow like I allow Diabetes Daily to repost my stuff long after I've used it on Arden's Day, mm-hmm. and um, so not only did that picture of me looking tired was it like really literally the, one of the most popular things I've ever put online, tens and tens and tens of thousands of views. But then Diabetes Daily put it up and it was one of the most popular things they put up that year. <laughs> I was just like, this is, it just, it felt demoralizing. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> but, That'll teach you what to post on the internet. <laughs> it, well, you know what, in the end though, what it really, I mean, the joking aside, what it really tells yeah. you is that people who raise kids with type one diabetes, one of their very main concerns is the exhaustion that they feel. Oh, yeah. And so they really related to it, and and yeah. and it went around like that because it's not yeah. because I'm handsome. I know that for certain. So <laughs> yeah, uh, I've always I've always said I was thankful I was diagnosed, you know, as a as an adult because then my parents didn't have to, um, you know, be my caregiver. I've always been my own caregiver. Yeah, for sure. No, I I understand that. Like I I know I said to, gosh, I said to somebody in one of my more recent interviews. It might have been Jeff Brewer, um, Jeffrey Brewer. I, I I told him I was like one of my real goals and hopes for type one management in general is that it gets better good enough that by the time Arden's an adult she doesn't do it like this and one of the reasons I don't want her to have to do it this way is because I don't want her to ever have that conscious feeling as an adult like like that realization like oh my god this is what my parents were doing yeah you you know like I don't ever want her to feel guilty about that and so I'm hoping that my real, I have to be honest, if, if, if you ask me what I was really hoping for, like it's smart insulin the thing I really want. Like, Yeah, that, that would be amazing because, yeah. I mean, the bionic pancreas, I think, is probably something we're going to see sooner than that. Yes. Um, but, you know, that's still being strapped to a device. And, I mean, I think a lot of people think that 
it means you're not going to have to do anything. But I, I don't think that's the case. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's a great prospect, but uh, I agree with you. Smart insulin would be that's amazing. My, that's like my pie in the sky, maybe possible technology thing. Like you're, I, I completely agree about artificial pancreas. I hope somebody, I hope, I hope there are people right now at Omnipod who are going nuts figuring out a an algorithm, and that you know, in a couple of years, they're going to tell me, hey, hey, now this pump just restricts your insulin and keeps your blood sugar right, and that'd be great. But like you said, there's still devices and everything. The, the idea of insulin that turns on when you need it and turns off when you don't that I think is that's pretty exciting so yeah no, that would be great anyway. I agree with you on that one all right so you <laughs> got to go to work you got to go consult some IT I don't do the consulting I do the uh the report putting together in the writing oh very nice <laughs> but yes I do I do need to uh get out of my pajamas and go to work <laughs> let me ask you one last question before I let you leave yeah no problem your husband yes it, is that a weird, because you're a younger couple, so yes. how are you going to, does he feel like, there's a lot of uh, words in here that haven't gotten to a question yet, but are you concerned about him feeling like you're a caregiver? No. Um, I, I've always been very aggressive, I don't want to say aggressive, but I I like to take it on myself. I try not to be a burden, and I think he's very happy I got the insulin pump and CGM just so he can stop hearing me talk about it every day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm talking about it still, but just in a different way. Erin has no um, interests besides her insulin. <laughs> that's what it felt every day. And especially when I was binge listening to your podcast, I, you know, we actually work uh, less than a mile away from each other. So we have lunch together most days. That's and nice. I would, yeah. So I would jump in his truck and say, guess, guess what I heard on the podcast today? Let me tell you about this cool thing. <laughs> I'm lucky I didn't get an email from him. Like, listen, yes. can you stop with the podcast, please? Can you please stop. Yeah. So now at least I'm caught up and it's only once a week that he gets. Uh, well, that's really cool. It's, it's nice to know because I think that parents, they, they could wonder, like, is my child going to be in a relationship one day the way I hope for them? Or are they going to be in a situation where their, their partner sees them as work? You, yeah. You know? No, I mean, I, de I definitely think we have more to handle than, you know, our, you know, our friends or anything like that. And he does get worried about, you know, one night I remember, um, we were at a friend's house and we had been having a couple of drinks and, you know, he kept telling me that, you know, you need to check your blood sugar, what's doing, what's going on. Um, and you know, if I'm acting weird, <laughs> yeah. he'll tell me, you know, are you low? And he loves having the, uh, share app that was, you know, I was kind of trying to pick between the G4 and the G5. Cause if I had gotten the G4, I could have had it integrated into my pump. Right. Um, but we decided the G5 was the way to go because he can get it on his phone. Sure. And so I typically sleep more than him. So on a Saturday, if it's nine o'clock and he's been up for two hours and I'm still sleeping now, he can just, you know, take out his phone and make sure I'm not, feel comfortable. you know, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not like 37 and going down. I, <laughs> you know? I know that exact anxiety and it really does make Saturday mornings nicer. So, yeah. you know, especially too, like if you're sick and you want to sleep in, even someone can kind of help you without having to wake you up you, you, you know yeah. like like at some point you could get in that situation where you could tell him look if i hit 70 and i'm really steady like stop my basil for a half an hour and see if it'll rise up on its own like yeah like that kind of stuff well that that's really cool to know um yeah i i, I just i appreciate you answering that last question but thank you i don't oh, want to yeah, stop no so problem. abruptly but go ahead and go to work and thank you so much <laughs> yeah uh, no problem thanks for all your help and i hope this helps someone else because i know it can be difficult when a doctor gives you the pushback for the things I think you need. Oh, one thing you said to me that really stuck with me was, uh, if my doctor, you know, spent a week with me, he would be throwing these devices at me and apologizing profusely. And I thought that was hilarious and yeah. true. Yeah, it really, it really is. They don't, it's all very theoretical what they're saying most of the time, you, you know, yeah. uh, based on, based on very little they make they make decisions and then you leave you have all these experiences they're not privileged to you come back they don't ask you nearly enough questions to understand what happened and then they make their own decisions based on loose facts maybe you know yeah. so yeah living with it is a different situation definitely all right Aaron. thank you very much for coming on no nah, no problem thanks for having me yep have a great day yeah you too bye, bye. Huge thanks to Erin for coming on the podcast and speaking so openly about her life with type 1 diabetes. If you'd like to be on the podcast, contact me. Go to my blog, ardensday.com or juiceboxpodcast.com. Find me on social media somewhere. Throw me a note. Let me know. Hey, Scott, I'd like to come on the podcast, too. Uh, thank you so much, Omnipod, for sponsoring the podcast. People, no kidding. If you're enjoying the podcast, two things. Fern, one, frun. Frun is not a word. Okay. One... 
please go to iTunes and consider leaving us a rating and a review if you're enjoying the show. If you're getting something from the show, please let me know. It's fantastic. It helps other people find it. Two, and this might just be something you do in your own mind, or maybe you'll try the demo pod from Omnipod, but recognize that it's, you know, putting a podcast together is a, is a bit of work, and without the support of Omnipod, I don't know how I'd be able to do this. So if the podcast is helping you, just know that Omnipod has a large part in bringing it to you. So myomnipod.com forward slash demo if you want to try the free no obligation demo pod. Uh, and if you can use the links in the show notes, it lets them know you came from the podcast, which then allows them to know that, you know, their ads are reaching people. Anyway, what? Uh, listen, if you're still listening, you must be a real fan. So let me say this. I continue to get so many beautiful notes from you guys about your A1C is going down, about you being bold with insulin, about how much the podcast is helping you. I just want you to know, touches me every time. I love getting the notes. Please keep sending them. 